Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Round four. You ready for round four? I've, I've enjoyed this so much, sharing this with you. And uh, we, we, got, we have this Sunday, one more Sunday. If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 6. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing with us uh, the Word of God through song today. Verse 16, Moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with the sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. We love you. We exalt you. We praise you. You are our God. And Lord, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor. I'm glad you're here today. Now, the first Sunday we started this, I told you I was raised by a boxer. And uh, my dad was a good boxer. and, And he taught me a little bit about boxing. And so a little bit of it I, I remember, and, and some of it I forgot. And Dad could always make this thing just sing back and forth, and just what I'm doing is a lot harder than what you think. Um, you, you know, sometimes we lose our rhythm as we go and get a little older. But we're talking about the series, The Fight, and uh, we, we compared it to a boxing match. We, we have an opponent, and, and we're in a ring, and so we're fighting. And let me tell you, we're fighting for our life, and we're fighting for our families, and we've talked about all that. So I brought some boxing quotes uh, with me to um, the pulpit today, and, and I thought they were very amazing. I picked out my, the ones I like the best. My main objective is to be, to be professional, but to kill him. And that's, that's a quote by Mike Tyson. <laughs> How many remember George, George Foreman? I mean, we wouldn't have a grill without George Foreman, would we? But, but George Foreman, if you remember, had all these boys. He had like six or seven boys. He named them all George. George one, George two, George three. He said, I want to keep fighting because it's the only thing that keeps me out of the hamburger joints. If I don't fight, I'll eat the planet. And he said, sure, the fight was fixed. I fixed it with my right hand. Muhammad Ali, remember him, and you remember who the announcer was in his fights, and him and Ali always got, uh, you know, Howard Cosell. And Muhammad said, sometimes Howard makes me wish I was a dog and he was a fire hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvester Stallone, boxing is a great exercise as long as you can say cut whenever you want to. And Joe Fraser, this is one of my favorite. Boxing is the only sport you can get your brain shook, your money took, your name, in The Undertaker's book. And then uh, Muhammad Ali said this before he was boxing George Foreman. I've seen George shadow boxing and the shadow won. How many of you know it's a little cocky, right? So in Matthew chapter 6, in, in Jesus, if you will, Sermon on the Mount, He gives us some when you statements. Say that with me. When you statements. Now let's all say it together. When you statements. Verse 2, when you give. When you give a charitable gift, a deed, an alms, or you give to the needy. Verse 5, when you pray. Verse 16, when you fast. So he gives all these things, when you, when you, when you. Now he didn't say if you, he said what? 
when you. So it's not an if you, it's a when you. So it's under the assumption and the declaration of Jesus, we're not just thinking about giving, thinking about fasting, thinking about praying. If you're a disciple of Christ, you should give, you should pray, you should fast. He says when you, not if you. Now notice these three things. He says giving, prayer, fasting. These are the three knockout punches to the enemy. Giving, praying, fasting. They're, they're the three knockout punches. And in each one of these areas that Jesus is addressing here, he gives the negative and he gives the positive about uh, both of them. So let's look at those there in Matthew 6. He says, when you give, say that with me, when you give, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. He said, do not sound a trumpet before you. Uh, look how much I'm giving. Look what I'm doing. He said, don't, don't, you know, bring attention to yourself. That's the negative. Then he turns it to the positive. He says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Your heavenly father who sees you in secret shall reward you what? Openly. So he'll reward you openly if you do it privately. So openly is kind of publicly. When you pray, he said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand, stand in the synagogues. They love to stand on the street corners where everybody can see them, hear them. They use long, vain reputa uh, reputations. They think because they say a lot, God's going to hear a lot. And, and how many of you realize that that's the negative? But here's the positive. When you pray, go to your room, go to your prayer closet, pray to the Father in secret, and what you pray in secret, he will reward you openly or he'll reward you publicly. Then he says, when you fast, okay, here's the negative. Don't be like the hypocrites again. Don't walk around sad. Don't walk around disfiguring your face. Oh, I'm just fasting. You know, I've been fasting for three days and I'm really hungry. Have you ever noticed when you fast, commercials you never thought of, now you look at? Y'all yeah. are so holy. Did you ever realize when a Brahms commercial came on, you didn't notice it, now you've been fasting three days and you're saying, there's a Brahms commercial coming on. <laughs> or Kentucky Fried Chicken or anything like that. I mean, you're just really focused in on it now. He said, so don't, don't disfigure your face. Don't let everyone know you're fasting. And um, then he says the, the positive, but when you fast, wash your face and not your head with oil. Don't appear to men as fasting, but your heavenly father who sees you in secret will reward you openly or publicly. That's the positive. So a lot of people just see these things as waste. I, I'm wasting, you know, my money and giving. I'm wasting my time in prayer. I'm wasting my food by not eating it. But what God sees as others sees as waste, he sees it as an investment in the kingdom of God. And so you and I have to see it not wasted, but invested. So we're investing in the kingdom of God. Now listen up. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Let me say that again. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting kind of disconnects us from the world. See, prayer and fasting is not all about you and I getting more, but it's about God getting more of us. Sometimes we need more of God, and sometimes we need to have God have more of us. So in prayer and fasting, which is very, very important, we have to realize that this is an act of obedience. It's not something you just wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go on a fast. I mean, you have to be intentional. You have to be determined. You have to be focused. Can I hear an amen? It is literally an act of obedience. And an act of obedience on the earth can evoke a response from heaven. 
And so we know that even though this is a physical act on the earth, heaven can respond to a physical act. Let, let me give you just some illustrations here. Remember when Jesus healed the blind man and he, he put mud in his eyes and then he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam? Do you believe that Jesus could have easily just touched him and he could have been healed? Absolutely, because, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. He can do whatever he wants to do. But he required a human response to what he prayed or what he declared. So he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Or take up your bed and walk. So it's an act of obedience. Or fill the water pots with water, bear them to the governor of the feast, and we know they turned into wine as, as they did that. Well, Moses... He, he's on the mountaintop while Josh was fighting in the valley. And I want to read this as Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. And the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men, go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. And whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites with the sword. This physical act of obedience evoked a response from God. Now, Sometimes you and I, we, we, we're there worshiping, we're praying, we're fasting. And how many of you know, sometimes you just get tired. Did you notice as the hands went down that the battle turned? And, and sometimes there's things that we need to hold up, things that we have to really prioritize. And when we let them slip, the enemy begins to win in our life. You, you begin to quit giving, you begin to quit praying, you quit fasting. How many of you know then the enemy begins to advance in your life and advance in my life? So I have to continue to keep that up and keep pressing. And even when I get tired, thank God for people who come alongside of me and come alongside of you to help you when you're tired. That's why we need the body of Christ. How many of you know you're horrible at this alone? Matter of fact, one member doesn't make a body, but the body is made up of many members. So we come alongside of each other, we pray, we fast, we give, and prayer and fasting can be the key to unlock our spiritual needs. Now, what happens when you pray and you fast? I want to give you four things today. So if you have a pencil and paper, just take it out very quickly. Daniel chapter 10 is one of the most famous, one of the most famous passages about fasting. Matter of fact, in this passage is where we get the Daniel fast. Has anybody here ever heard of the Daniel fast? Okay, we're going to talk about it. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, and the message was true. It came at an appointed time. He understood the message, and he had to understand the vision. But do you know how long it took for that answer for him to get it? It took 21 days. Verse 2, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. The word mourning there is the Hebrew word of all. It means lamentation or sad or discontent. So he receives the vision, he receives the dream, if you will, but it takes 21 days for this answer to get through. Now you know the story. The angels dispatched, God heard him, but there's war in the heavenlies. The messenger and the prince of 
Persia, the, the combatant from the enemy is there to keep that answer from coming to Daniel. We know that Michael, the great archangel, came down, fought his way through, and after 21 days, Daniel gets his breakthrough. He gets his message. When you and I fast and pray, one of the things that happen, we can have a breakthrough in our life. Now, I want you to listen to this very closely. The answer was already on its way. But it took prayer and fasting to break it through and, and release it. Would it be good for you if I said this, that there's a lot of blessings in the pipeline or in the channel coming to you, but you need to break them loose? As you think about this, could it be that God has already given you some things, promised you some things, they're already on the way, but the enemy has already got them held up, and through prayer and fasting, they break through and they're released to you? Now, I said this in the early service, and I want you to think about this too. Um, how many of you filed your tax return and you're waiting for your refund check? How many have ever done that? Now, if the government shutdown starts again, you may be waiting for it for a long time. I'm not for sure. But this is what you know. Well, I filed my return. Here's what I'm going to get back. And now you're waiting for it to get back. God has made you promises, made me promises. God has allowed us to have some things that he is going to give us. But I'll guarantee you the enemy wants to keep those from you. And as you pray and fast, you open up that pipeline, that channel, so you can have a breakthrough of blessings. And listen, I don't want a backlog of blessings to be waiting for me and I don't get them. What about you? I want to get everything that God has for me loose by prayer and fasting and giving me that which God wants me to have. So here's another thing that happens when we pray and fast. Luke chapter 4, in verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's beginning his ministry. Now he goes there in the wilderness and when he's weakened by 40 days of fasting, guess who shows up? The devil shows up. How many of you know he'll show up sometimes at your weakest point? He'll show up and he'll begin to tempt Jesus, you know, uh, command these stones to be made bread. Um, you know, he goes through all this temptation. But what I want you to really catch in this passage is that when this account begins, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit and he goes into the wilderness. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit back to Galilee. Did you catch it? He goes into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. He comes out of that 40 days of fasting in the power of the Holy Spirit. Could it be that we may be full of the Holy Spirit, but we're not walking in the complete power of the Holy Spirit? Could it be that we need to unlock the potential of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life? And according to this account in Jesus' life, he goes in full of the Holy Spirit, but he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if there was ever a day today that we need the power of the Holy Spirit, church, it is today. I'm fixed to get on my soapbox. How many are going to help me here? I'll stay on it till I fall off. Folks, we live in a perverse and a crooked generation. I'm going to guarantee you from sometimes around my house to the White House, there is so much trouble, there's more than we can account. And in New York, you know, they just passed a bill that you can abort a baby any time during pregnancy. Folks, that's just wrong. I mean, it's horrible. We live in a culture of death, a culture of self-centeredness, and if the church ever needed the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll guarantee you we need the power of the Holy Spirit today, right now. Can I hear an amen? 
We have got to begin to go against the forces of Satan. We're in a fight, we're in a battle, and the government is not going to fix this. The only hope is the church because it's the only thing that God ordained on this earth to carry the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. And you and I are going to have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. We're not going to do that by holding hands, singing kumbaya. We have to realize we are in a fight. And you're in a fight, and I'm in a fight, and we have to fight the good fight of faith. Your spiritual power, number two, is increased when you pray and fast according to Scripture. Here's the third thing. When we pray and fast, it humbles us. It humbles us. Let me tell you, if you've been fasting for two or three days, you, you lost the big head. You, you lost the cockiness. You lost the pride. Let me give you some verses. Psalm 35, verse 13. This is a Psalm of David. I humbled myself with fasting. One translation uses not myself, but I humbled my soul with fasting. So we're humbled when we fast. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. This is a time when they're coming back out of Babylonian Assyrian captivity for 70 long years. They're coming back, and you know there were three instrumental uh, people in rebuilding uh, Jerusalem and worship. There was Ezra that we're going to talk about here. He came back to rebuild the priesthood and worship. And then Nehemiah came back to rebuild the walls of the city. And then Zerubbabel came back to rebuild the temple. Three folk cords not easily broken, right? So they're coming back to rebuild. And Ezra, in chapter number 8, verse 21, he says, I proclaim to fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us, our children, and for all of our possessions. So David said it, Ezra said it, and many times in the Bible you'll hear the word, they afflicted themselves, they afflicted their soul. Most of the time, that's talking about prayer and fasting. They humble themselves before God. Because as we humble ourselves, as John said, he must increase and I must decrease. So as I humble myself, what happens? God's exalted. I get myself out of the way. Fasting humbles us. Here's the fourth and final thing this morning. When we fast and we pray, we're equipping ourselves for spiritual warfare. When we fast and we pray, we're equipping ourselves for spiritual warfare. Matthew 17, Jesus is going back into town. He meets a multitude, and there's a man that kneels down before him. This is found in verse 14. And the man says to him, Lord, have mercy on my son. My son has seizures. He's epileptic. He's suffering severely. Often he falls into the fire. Sometimes he falls into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Your disciples couldn't do anything for him. They prayed and they did this and that, but nothing happened. And Jesus answered and he said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. It came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, remove from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, say that with me, however, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's some things you can do at this level that you can't do at this level. You know what he's saying? There's some areas in your life for you to have a breakthrough. 
for you to receive what God has or for you to defeat the enemy, you've got to take it up a notch. You've you got to take it up a notch. He said this will not happen until you what? You pray and fast. You may cast out this demon by prayer, but this one over here, it's going to take what? Prayer and fasting. Do you know Jesus was never asked by his disciples, teach, teach us how to preach? Teach us how to take up an offering. Teach us how to do communion. But the one thing they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. I want to give you a thought. The Bible's pretty clear. In the morning, a long time before daylight, Jesus would go out and pray. Doesn't tell us how long he prayed. Maybe an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. I'm not for sure. But the Bible says he spent a lot of time in prayer. Other times he would go up to a mountain by himself. He'd pray. He'd send his disciples away. He'd be there alone praying. But when he left prayer, he would go into the cities and someone would touch his garment and, and virtue would flow out of him. Or there would be a, a demoniac or there would be a, a, a lame person or someone paralyzed or a withered hand. Do you know Jesus never spent a lot of time praying over a need? Think about this. He just addressed it. He would spend maybe four hours in prayer and one minute in a miracle. He would spend maybe four hours in prayer before it was daylight and spend one word in casting out a demon. You know why? The power was in the prayer. The power was in the fasting. And he just spoke the word at the miracle. Sometimes we spend more time trying to get the miracle than having that encounter with God, and then therefore we don't see the miracle. Did anybody get anything out of this? Let me tell you why. Because he was charged up. When you go to use your phone, and that little bar up there is depleted and it turns red, and you, you can punch that button all the time, and guess what? That phone's not going to come on. But you know what? You, you, can, you can plug it up. You can put it over on your dresser. You can put it beside your sink in the bathroom. You can put it on the kitchen counter. You can go away and leave it, and you come back in three or four hours, guess what? That thing will be all charged up. And, and you don't have to say, okay, I, I've got to charge this up, you know, uh, right now before I push the button. No, you charged it up three or four hours, and all you have to do now is just punch the button. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, when you meet your issue at work or in the family or marriage, you don't have to say, well, I'm going to have to go pray about this three or four hours. Listen, if you've already prayed about it, all you have to do now is address the issue. When, when Jesus went to Gadra, remember he's in the ship, he goes to, to Gadra, and we don't know this guy's name, but we've given him a name, the demoniac of the Gadarenes. And, and he, he comes, falls down before Jesus. He didn't have just one demon. How many of you know he's got a legion of demons? I mean, this guy's de so demon-possessed, the, the guy's just crazy, living in a, in a you know, graveyard, sepulchers, living with dead people. I mean, this is a bizarre situation. And when he is wanting to be released and the demons need to go, Jesus did not say, let me pray two or three hours about this. Did he? He spoke one little bitty word and it only had two letters in it. All he had to do was say, go. And the Bible says the whole legion of demons went. Why? Because Jesus, when he showed up, he had already done what he should have done to meet the challenges that he had. So could it be us, church, that if we will do as Jesus said in private, then we'll see results in public of what we need to see. How many of you believe that we need to see this thing filled up 830, 1045, and then again and again and bust out the walls 
And could that happen? We just need to pray and fast and, and, and be witnesses and be lights and invite people. And I'll guarantee you, what we do in private, God will give us blessing publicly. Amen. And it's not that we're trying to let our light shine, but we should. But the only reason we're letting our light shine is because he is the light and his light is in our light, right? So we are the light of God shining in this world. And so therefore, spiritual warfare number four is through prayer and fasting. If we're going to defeat the enemy, if we're going to come against this world system, if we're going to be lights in our community, folks, we as a church have got to be doing some prayer and fasting. And I realized this morning that you weren't going to get up and cheer me on and shout at me because this is a very tough issue, right? Say, so, okay, we're going to go on a fast. All right. <laughs> I mean, nobody stood up this morning and said, all right. That's what I want to do. Can I tell you something? I didn't get up this morning and say, all right, tomorrow I'm not going to eat. I didn't do that. And I'm probably going to do it Tuesday morning. I'm not going to do it Wednesday morning. But this is what I'm going to believe. That what I do privately, God's going to reward, he said, publicly. And I realized that, you know, there's all kinds of situations. You've got to determine what you're going to do. I mean, some people, you know, medication or for health reasons, you just got to do what you got to do. But notice what Jesus said here. He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Then he said, previous to that, he said, you can say to the mountain and the mountain would be removed. And it's all in conjunction with prayer, faith, and fasting. Listen, you can pray and you can fast, but you have no faith. It's still not going to move. So we have to believe. We have to pray. We have to fast. We have to speak. And we have to expect results. Let me share one story with you. Jesus said, you can save this mountain, be removed. This is actually a true story. Someone sent this to me because of what I've been preaching the last few weeks. Um, there's a church, and I have the news article. And it was here in the United States, and they were building a new building. And they built a new building, and uh, they had a, uh, a parking lot alongside of the building. Matter of fact, Clint and I talked about it a few months ago. And at this church, there was... Um, a city ordinance that you had to have a certain amount of parking spots for the capacity of the building. That's not unusual. And so the church had built it. They didn't have the certain amount of parking spots, and they didn't know if the city was going to release them to use the, the building. And behind the church on their property, there was this big steep hill, and they couldn't expand the parking lot because the topography of, of the land, they couldn't get there. So they began to pray and they began to fast. What are we going to do? And a construction company came to them and said, we have a huge project over here. We, we need a whole lot of field dirt for this project. And we would like to test the, 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 the property behind you, that, that big mound of dirt, that big hill back there. And if it tests out okay, we would like to, we'd like to take that dirt off your property and use it for our construction site. And so they tested the dirt. The dirt was, uh, you know, uh, compatible to be packed down and used for that uh, construction project. So they went behind the church. They leveled the hill flat and then paid them for the dirt. And this is what we know here. Dirt is not dirt cheap <laughs> because it costs you. So 
here you are, you're landlocked because of this big hill and the topography won't allow you to build any more parking. So somebody shows up, they buy the hill, pay you for the hill, level it off for your parking lot. How many of you know that just doesn't happen? But what's happening? Somebody has been what? Praying and fasting. What could be unlocked in the channel and the pipeline of your blessing if you began to pray and fast? What could be unlocked in my life if I began to pray and fast? How could my attitude be changed? How could I be humble? How could I face the enemy with new vigor, new power, new strength? Could I have more power of the Holy Spirit if I do that? And according to what the Bible says, it appears that I can. And can I face the enemy with a new strategy? Can I face the enemy with new vigor if I do what God wants me to do? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. What do you think? I think we can. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.